Welcome to the Cover 2 Resources podcast series, a podcast series about addiction and addiction education. My name is Amy McNeil. I lost my brother Samuel to a heroin overdose on October 23, 2015. He was 28. As a family, we thought we were prepared to help Sam fight addiction, but we were painfully mistaken. My family founded Cover 2 Resources in memory of Sam. Our mission is to arm others with the knowledge needed to best support a loved one struggling with opioid addiction. The Cover 2 Resources podcast is an ongoing series in which we interview experts in the fight against opioid addiction. It is made possible through donations and sponsorships from concerned individuals or organizations. If you want to help in the fight against opioid addiction, please consider donating or sponsoring the Cover 2 podcast. Go to cover2.org for more information. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and via RSS feed. Simply search for the full name, Cover 2 Resources, on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Greg McNeil, founder of Cover 2 Resources, and I'm here today with Michael who's an active member of Naranon family groups throughout Summit County here in Northeast Ohio. Michael, welcome. Thank you. Okay. Happy to be here. All right. So tell us a little bit about how you happened to get involved with Naranon. Well, I was going through a journey with my daughter for, um, it's been an eight-year journey with um, the disease of addiction. Um, her case started with alcohol in college and then um, morphed into other drugs uh, meth and cocaine, um, but then her drug of choice became heroin. And as we all know, it's highly addictive. Um, she was a college graduate, started working in nursing homes as a social worker, decided to go back to graduate school, and she was a functioning heroin addict. Along the way, um, during her journey, I knew something was wrong. She wasn't that um, bright, cute little girl that I raised with, um, she, she had turned into something else. Uh, you could tell there was some lying involved and her behavior was different. The people that she used to hang out with were different and things were missing from our house. Um, I suspected drugs and, uh, when it, things really started to fall apart, she lost a job and, um, she got in trouble with the law. And uh, I went through sleepless nights because then I did suspect and really knew that she was um, addicted to drugs. I wasn't sure. I suspected heroin, but truly wasn't sure. How did you find out for sure? Um, Well, when she called me one night from Summit County Jail and she said that she was um, picked up for possession of uh, a needle, a spoon, and heroin, we then knew for sure um, what was happening. Um, she then had a hearing the next day in court, and I showed up and talked to the prosecutor prior to her hearing. Um, at that time, I was somewhat saddened by our system here in Summit County in that she was just admonished by the judge. The judge saw me there, asked her where she lived, and she told a little bit about her background. And the judge said, well, I see your dad sitting out there. He must be very upset and embarrassed right now by what you're doing. And did I you was. know the judge? I did not know the judge. No. Okay. Um, 
But the judge knew that I was sitting there. She was mm -hmm. told by the prosecutor. Mm -hmm. And um, then she was um, just let out on her own recognizance. She hmm. then was told she had to attend some programs, but she was just let out. And she had spent one night in Summit County Jail. She said, oh, Dad, it wasn't that bad. And, Any monitoring? Um, no monitoring. No questions asked about how long have you been using drugs? How much do you use? How often do you use? I think right then and there, if somebody asked her the proper questions and gave her the proper help that she needed on that, that, that very moment, this journey that she has taken, that we have taken together, would be totally different. Because at that time, I think there was a total um, lack of understanding of the disease of heroin addiction and how addictive it truly is. So can we just go back for just a second mm -hmm. here to that moment? Because in the last eight years, mm -hmm. you've learned a ton. Oh, more and, than I ever thought I would. Yes. Yeah. So, so think back to that time. And if you had the knowledge that you have today, how would you have handled that? Because uh, let me just, that strikes me as you jumped in like any parent would and to uh, try to shield your daughter from the consequences of her actions. So today, would that be different or pretty much the same? T totally different. I, um, I, I didn't want her to have a criminal record because I knew that when she eventually did finish graduate school, it was going to affect her job um, opportunities. And I was doing everything I could to keep her away from having a criminal record. Did that help the problem it or hurt her totally, recovery? It totally um, hurt her recovery. It was the worst thing Why? Um, that could ever happen to her because she never got the help that she needed. And I had no understanding how addictive heroin was to the brain, that it was a total chemical imbalance, and that when she got out, she pretty much had no choice but to go back and use again. Her brain didn't tell her that she wanted heroin or that just she needed it, she would have to have it. She would have to have it for her total survival or else she would go into detox, which is we'll withdrawal, talk, withdrawal yeah. which we'll talk about in a moment that is one of the ugliest things I have ever witnessed in my entire life. So I would have stepped right in and I would have stopped the courts, but I'm not sure the courts were prepared at that time a number of years ago to deal with it because they didn't have both the financial resources um, on hand to deal with this epidemic that's going through our community and our country, actually. So, um, you know, going back to how I got involved with Naranon, there, there became a point that I was a broken man. I was totally broken. Um, I felt alone. I felt hopeless. I saw my daughter deteriorating and her life um, spiraling out of control, and I didn't know what to do. So someone asked me, they, they were talking about it, and it's hard to talk to people. Who do you go to? You go to your friends and they say, oh, you know, it's their problem. They just need to stop. They can't, as the doctors say. They can't just stop because they're sick. You go to family and family doesn't understand. Oh, kick them out, they say. I just kick them out. Well, would you really if it were your child? No, we all know that. So I looked for help and it was suggested I go to Al-Anon, which is another 12-step program that usually helps some um, families of... Um, people dealing with alcoholism. Great 12-step program. I tried Al-Anon, but I felt like the people in the room, while have open arms to me, the very kind people, they were talking about an addiction to a legal drug, alcohol. It's okay to go out and buy alcohol. It's not okay 
to go out and buy heroin or to have a needle in your car. So my daughter was already dealing with an illegal substance. We also learned um, in talking to the addiction doctors that the addiction to heroin to the central part of the brain is far more addictive than alcohol, even though they're both very bad. Do you know Dr. Labor? I know um, Dr. Labor. I have met her. She um, visited my daughter in the hospital. She's got an interesting saying. She says, they'll both get you to the same place, Mm -hmm. but with alcohol, it's a Schwinn. With heroin, it's a Maserati that gets you there. It sure is, and boy, does it get you there, and she knows firsthand, and she um, tells an amazing personal story, and she's spoken to our Naranon group. So somebody suggested to me there's another organization called Naranon. Um, Naranon was founded in California in 1971. It's a global fellowship dealing um, with um, families and friends who have someone in their life that deals with a narcotic addiction. It could be any opiate, but what we're finding today is 90% of the participants that come to the rooms that I go to of Naranon are dealing with heroin addiction. It's um, so a 12-step program. Um, I I want to read just something. Um, The first first step of the 12-step program of Naranon says, we admitted we were powerless over the addict that our lives had become unmanageable. So my life, my life had become unmanageable. I could be of no help to my daughter when I was sick and I was addicted to her addiction. But I don't think people get that. That's, that's, um, that's pretty deep. You got to stop for a second there <laughs> and, and help us wrap our head around that. What are we really saying there? Because it's your daughter's problem. It's not your problem. Can you explain that? When there's someone in your life that you love and they have any problem, it's your problem. When you raise a child and that child always looks at you for um, advice, help, ask you to help them solve their problems, and we do that as a parent from the day we change a diaper because they can't do it themselves, to helping them financially or with advice as they grow up, we're always there to solve their problems. And when they're sick, we used to take them to the pediatrician and then to the doctor because they needed help with an illness. And now they suffer from an illness of the brain. And we can't help as a loving parent but be involved in their illness. If they had cancer, we would take them to an oncologist. We would get them help. No matter what happened to them, if they broke a leg, we would, even as an adult child, We would take them and be with them when they had their orthopedic surgery. So it's just a natural instinct, a parental instinct for most of us to love our child and to help them through a disease. Um, As we, um, you know, you you know, look at um, the addict's problem, you know, some people out there in our community say, well, this is their problem. They need to deal with it. And and anyone, again, um, it's, it's very hard to deal with the disease of heroin addiction alone. The addict needs help. And the first thing that needs to happen is we need to get their brain clean. Um, You mentioned Dr. Labor, and Dr. Labor will tell you, um, you can read any white paper on heroin addiction. In order to get the central lobe of the brain clean, it takes one to two years. And so we don't have any programming that allows that to happen. No. 
know, so that's kind of, um, so my daughter needed some help along this journey and I wasn't able to help her because I was broken. I was a broken man. So through Naranon, I found a 12 step program that helped me, um, laugh again, to help me smile, to help me understand. I didn't cause her addiction. Um, I can't control her addiction and I can't cure her addiction. The three C's. I had to take away the guilt. I felt alone. When I walked into the rooms of Naranon, I knew I wasn't alone. I knew that no longer I, uh, did I have to worry about talking to people who didn't understand. Everyone who sat in the rooms with me, uh, we sh share laughter, um, we share tears, um, we share um, hope, and hope is a, a really a, a very powerful thing. When we lose hope, when the addict lose hope, we give up. So um, we share a lot of stories and experiences together, and those things give us strength to go on to another day. We learn to take one day at a time, which is very important both in the addict's healing, uh, but it's very important our healing to take one day at a time. One of the basic principles of Naranan is maintaining anonymity. So... A lot of people believe that right now, with the opioid epidemic, you know, it, it's just, it's running out of control. And we need role models. So what's your perspective on that? We really need people to step up. We need as many role models that are going to, you know, families as well as addicts that are saying, hey, you can do this. So when I um, realized my daughter was an addict, or suffered from the disease of addiction, as I'd rather say, because she is a daughter who suffers from a disease. I was ashamed. Um, in our community and our social circle, it's not what we thought was going to happen, and most of our friends didn't understand it. So we tend to hunker down and um, don't talk about it. We go into the rooms of Naranon, and it's a principle of Naranon is anonymity. And so when I walked in um, and every night at a meeting, and I did it again last night, we go around the rooms and we introduce ourselves. First, first names name. only. First names only. Mm -hmm. Yet having said that, over time, you realize that the people in those rooms are your new family. They're your closest friends. Because um, you share so much with them that eventually, first names only, they go away. I have their email addresses. I have their phone numbers. And then um, what I've done in my journey is I've kind of skipped sometimes from um, the first step of Naranon to the last step. We have 12 steps. The 12th step says, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and to practice the principle principles in all our affairs. No longer can we be silent. I'm a product of the 60s. Um, in the 60s, um, I will tell you that I marched in the civil rights movement. I wasn't silent then. Hard to picture you as a hippie now. Well, I cut my hair and I got a job and <laughs> went on with life. But um, there's always one that needs help, no matter what it's been. I've been involved in other nonprofits um, over the years to help people who suffer from the, uh, a cancer and their families. And so now, especially now, we need to go out into the community and educate 
to others in our community that this is a disease. It's no different than a disease of um, overeating. Um, yet if one overeats and they need a knee replacement or they need coronary bypass surgery, we will not hesitate to help them. Even a smoker who suffers from that disease will help them if they have lung cancer. We now have people in our community that suffer from the disease of addiction. We need to spread the word, no longer be silent. No longer will I be silent. I'm out in the community. I'm willing to talk. Um, I've been asked, I've spent at times four nights in a row out in the community um, speaking to others about this disease of addiction. And the more we can educate and um, get others to speak up, uh, maybe someday we can hopefully um, cure what's happening right now. Yeah. So let me ask you about well, one of the other principles, and that is that uh, the family group must have, the Narnon family group, must have no other affiliations. What's, what's meant by that? So um, we have to be very careful because Naranan um, has guidelines in, in all of our meetings. And just to let you know, um, recently I was on, um, and I'll answer it this way, I was on vacation in Hilton Head. And I looked online and I noticed there was a Tuesday night meeting for Naranan at a church. And I went to the meeting there and I found, wow, it was just like the meeting I, meetings I go to in Summit County. Recently, I was visiting family in upstate New York in the Finger Lakes area, and I noticed there was a Saturday morning meeting for Naranon in Rochester, New York. So I went to that meeting, and I found that there, too, they had a process for how they handle the meeting. So Naranon has come out with a program for how a meeting should be conducted, and they have certain principles and steps. And we can go anywhere and find those um, principles and steps um, being followed. So Naranon has said that we have to be very careful not to use the Naranon cover in things that we may want to do on an individual basis. Okay. So there are times that I step outside of Naranon and I speak as a father of a child who suffers from the disease of addiction out in our community, but not necessarily Naranon related. Yeah. So that only refers to in your capacity participating with Naranon. Outside the Naranon, it's I wide open. It's wide open. Yeah. Right. Okay. So um, the 12 steps, they include a, a step to admit to another human being the exact nature of your wrongs. Can you put that in perspective for us? And, and why is that important? Again, you're at Naranon to support your loved one. And so, you know, so you can help yourself, your family heal, um, so that you can better support your loved one and, and you can be whole. Um, why is that a, an important part of it? Well, um, Naranon has a book, just like um, NA or AA has their big book. We, too, have a book. We call it a sesh book. It's um, Sharing Experience, Strength, and Hope. And we have daily um, readings that were written by other folks um, that also attend Naranon. So I'm going to answer your question by going to our July 16th reading in our book. And it's titled, titled Nobody's Perfect. Just because I do not use drugs does not make me perfect. Sometimes what our loved ones who suffer from this disease say to us, you know, Dad, you're not perfect either. You have your flaws. Sometimes they even say that we cause their addiction and they make us feel guilty. I know that's not the case, but in order for myself to have my loved one um, come whole in their recovery, 
I need to do some inward looking at myself. And I have to realize that I too am not perfect. So the program helps me look at myself and what flaws I may have. Um, that I have to take my own inventory and have to have my courage to change myself. And if I can do that and take my own inventory and I can change who I am and I can become a better person, I can then better help my loved one um, through their journey. What's interesting is this journey that I take, my 12-step program, I'm really setting an example for my daughter. She has a program that's very similar to mine. And sometimes we've joked together that, you know, Dad, you're further along in the program than I am. Um, because I take it seriously. And we're, we're really following now um, a, a parallel path in a 12-step program. Wow, that's great. That's, that puts it in a whole different perspective. It, it, it does because um, we're very fortunate in, you know, we live here in Summit County in Ohio, in Akron, Ohio. And Akron, Ohio is the home of AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. And Dr. Bob and Bill W. many years ago came up with this 12-step program. I attended the Founders Day where uh, around 13,000 people sat in the stadium one evening. Um, and the whole... Uh, purpose of that was uh, all of those people were recovering from the disease of some addiction. Started with alcohol with most, but now there are many other people with many other addictions. And um, we shared our um, experience, strength, and hope together. And it shows the power of this 12-step program. So can you speak about the role of family, group, and individual counseling, as well as spirituality in recovery? So we know that um, most people that suffer from the disease of addiction, um, from what the doctors have told us, uh, also suffer from other uh, mental health issues. Um, could be bipolar disorder. There's so many other things. So counseling is important for the loved one that suffers from the disease of addiction. Um, there may be a trauma. Um, Two-thirds of those uh, that are uh, suffer from addiction have had some other traumatic experience. That could be um, abuse as a child. It could be for women rape. Um, there's many other uh, issues that brought on the addiction. So counseling is important both for the one suffering from addiction and but also the family member. Uh, you know, is there anything that we can do better in the form of communication? My daughter and I go see a counselor right now together and we talk about communication. She goes to two other counselors on her own to deal with her own personal uh, mental health issues. Um, spirituality is very interesting because when AA was founded, uh, it talks about a higher power. It's interesting, uh, they don't talk about a specific religion the program is not religious in nature, it is spiritual in nature. So what does that mean? Uh, at no time in any of our Naranon meetings do we talk about any specific religion. We just refer to a higher power as you define that higher power to be. I had a young man come up to me whose girlfriend is um, addicted to heroin, and he asked me if I would be his sponsor. And I said, well, why did you pick me? I'm older, why me? I said, well, Mike, I heard you mention in the meeting 
that you look at your higher power and you, you feel the presence of your higher power when you're in the park, when you're in nature, when you see your surroundings of nature. And he didn't believe in formal religion, but he loved nature. And we tried to, I tried to tell him he can get that energy from his higher power, the presence of it, wherever he wants that to be. So we suddenly had a connection. So for me, when I go and I see the leaves change or in the spring a new bud form on a tree or a new flower, I know there's something greater than me that's out there, and that's my higher power. Um, that gives me the strength. It gives me faith um, in the beauty that surrounds me. So it's, it's a strength of the program that we can allow each individual to define that higher power as however they define it to be. Over the course of the last eight years, you've really had a long journey through a difficult time dealing with your daughter's addiction, and you kind of lost yourself, and along the way, you found yourself. What advice would you have to other families that are struggling with that same journey today? Uh, don't be alone. Uh, the, the journey, we all know, is so lonely at first. We sit at home um, we don't know where to go. There are resources out there. I mentioned I go to Naranon, yet I've talked to others um, that found help in Elanon. So that may be a place. Try all the programs. Um, uh, go, go talk to a counselor. Um, I, I suggest, however, that you get in rooms where you're dealing with um, addictions and folks dealing with the same thing that you're dealing with. So. Um, the, the power of Naranon for me, or Alanon for others, is that you're surrounded by people who understand. They will share your tears with you. I never knew that a stranger coming into our meeting for the first time, who found it so difficult to talk, who could only cry, that I cried with them. Um, they realize when they see us crying with them um, that they're not alone. When they walk in, the first thing they get is a hug. Um, might be the first hug they've had in a long time. But realize that you're never alone. Last night, we um, laughed. We share laughter now together, those of us that have been together for a while. And the sad thing is, is there's two people in our room last night that had lost children. And um, we just share together that they know they're not alone. And, and that's, I think, the most powerful thing. Find a meeting, find some help, get a program so you know you're not alone. Final thoughts, Mike, on the opioid epidemic in general and Naranon for our listeners. Uh, what our country is going through, what our state's going through, what our local community is going through um, is tragic. It used to be that I would pick up the paper in the morning and first thing I look at is the sports page. And unfortunately, now I don't. My daughter told me um, just last night that 32 people she knows uh, have lost their lives um, due to um, the heroin addiction here in Summit County. It's very, very sad um, that this is going on. Uh, my thought is, is that we need um, a group of people to gather to find a solution to this because we're 
not making any progress or not making sufficient progress or not making progress fast enough. Uh, so we need to continue the efforts. We need to talk to those in our um, legislatures to get more money, to get more finances for more proper programming to help people that are sick. Um, so I think we just need to continue to speak up and to educate our community. Um, for Naranan, for me, it's a, um, a place that's given me the strength to now speak up. Anonymity to me is um, out the door. <laughs> no longer uh, am I afraid to speak up. Um, I'm very proud of being a representative and one that's involved in Naranan. I'm very happy to um, reach out to our community. I'll talk to anyone. So I just think we need to continue the fight. If we don't, um, we're going to lose it. And um, there's, there's too many families affected, affected by this disease. I guess one last thought. My wife yesterday was out looking for maybe a new car. And she had a young man who was about 40 years old who, um, at a car dealership who was showing her a new car. And somehow it came to the disease of addiction found out that he was a recovering alcoholic, and she said that her stepdaughter um, is a recovering heroin addict. And he said, you know, it's funny that you say that, because in the last month, two of my very, very best friends passed on due to heroin addiction. This is affecting our whole community. If you begin to talk to people, you'll find out um, that uh, it's not just a few. It has no boundaries. In, our, in our, uh, our county. Every community is being affected. So um, if you need help, well, get it. Um, don't be afraid to speak up and talk um, because there will be a lot of us standing next to you by your side talking with you. And with that, um, it's been a pleasure being here. And um, hopefully uh, any of you, those of you who are out there listening that need help, um, my name's Mike, and someday we'll meet. So with that, I want to thank you, and uh, I want to share with our listeners, this is Mike Cohen we've been talking to today, and Mike is a uh, very active member of the Naranon family groups throughout Northeast Ohio. And uh, once again, Mike, thanks for joining us Well, thank today. you for having me. Okay. I'm Greg McNeil, founder of Cover Two Resources, and thank you for joining us for this podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Cover 2 Resources podcast. This episode is a production of Cover 2 Resources and is made possible by listeners like you. With your support, the Cover 2 team can continue to research and broadcast these resources to others in need. If you'd like to donate or to sponsor a future podcast, please visit cover2.org. As always, thank you for listening. Together, we can make a difference in the opioid epidemic, one life at a time.